Greetings and salutations, homies. Welcome to Talking Points with yours truly. Happy Sunday. It was a hell of a week in this country, but before I get to that, I want to wish you a happy National Cat Day. I had my bobtail minx Fifi for 11 years, and I sure do miss her. It's National Oatmeal Day. I celebrated, well, not with a bowl of oatmeal. I made some uh, chocolate chip banana waffles. But you know what? Oatmeal's good too. It's also National Hermit Day. And while I think there is something to be said for alone time once in a while, Sunday ain't that day for me. We get our worship on and uh, yeah, we like to associate with our church family. Also, I had a dream the other night and the greatest actor in the history of uh, the world, Nicholas Cage, was in it. And uh, yeah, we were on a plane and I was able to speak to him. He was super cool. He had his girlfriend with him and uh, he was like really awesome. I asked him about Con Air. Um, yeah. I just thought I'd throw that in there. I don't remember much else about it. I know that I woke up feeling real positive about the whole thing. Anyway, this week was full of war and protests and more anti-Israel hate in our country and around the world. At a UN Security Council meeting, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said that the October 7th terror attacks on Israel by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum and that the Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffocating occupation. He said some other anti-Israel stuff, and the next day kind of tried to walk it back, but he's still an anti-Semite. He's not the only one, however, as protesters all over the world have engaged in anti-Israel protests. They'd like nothing more than to see Israel wiped off the map. I know that's nothing new been happening for hundreds and thousands of years, but in our own country, it's pretty bad. On college campuses across the country, more than 100 colleges, students continue to protest against Israel. Jewish students at many schools don't feel safe, and these universities aren't really condemning it too harshly. They preach diversity, equity, and inclusion, but I guess that doesn't apply to the Jews. Well, it doesn't apply to conservatives either, but that's another story. There was a great interview on Fox Business with a group of Jewish college students. Georgetown Law student Julia Wax said, and I quote, anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. Sympathizing with Hamas and calling them a resistance group when they are a terrorist organization is inherently wrong and it's anti-Semitic and Jewish students don't feel safe, end of quote. It's really disheartening to see. And hate towards Jews, I know, I know it didn't just start on October 7th. As much as the media wants to make it seem like there are white nationalists on every corner and LBGTQ people are being attacked 24-7 and 100 black people a day are shot by cops in this country, they have largely ignored the hate towards Jews in this country. 
Not only that, but they pushed out a story that the Israelis bombed a hospital in Gaza, killing 500 people, which turned out to be BS. But they wanted people to believe it because they want us to turn against the Jews. Now, you can argue that it comes from the top of the government on down. Yeah, this government seems far more concerned with Islamophobia than hate toward the Jews, but I think it's so much deeper than that. This country has a hate problem. America has never been more divided. But why? I find it really ironic that social media, which was intended to bring people closer together with their family and friends, long ago evolved into a tool for people to say whatever hateful thing comes to their mind and argue and insult total strangers. I think as much as politicians like to tout unity, a divided country actually keeps them in power. Divide and conquer. Okay, but why are people so hateful to one another? People have their political and social theories as to why, but I'd say less God is a huge reason. In a 2022 survey by Statista, only 20% of Americans said they attend church or synagogue every week. 31% said they never attend. In 1948, 69% of people described themselves as Protestant. 22% were Catholic and 2% said they had no religion. Through the years, Protestants have dropped more than half to 34%. Catholics have gone up a little bit to 23%. And those who said none went all the way up to 21%. In a Gallup poll in 2022, 81% of Americans said they believe in God. Now, you may think that's a high number, but consider that in 1946, 96% believed. And in the 50s and 60s, it reached as high as 98%. So it is on the decline. 81% is a new low. People are looking for something, anything, to replace God as their source of peace. Some people turn to crystals. Some people say, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Some just say they don't believe in any kind of higher power. Some say they're atheist. There are all kinds of substitutes people use in place of God. Now, with all the advancements in technology, we have more things than ever to distract us from spending time with God, whether it's in prayer or in the Word. TV, movies, which I'll admit, sometimes I get caught up in. I mean, who hasn't found a show they like on Netflix and they binge watch it? Porn is more accessible than ever. Video games are more realistic than ever. Some people scroll on social media for way too long. You know that little report you get every week about your screen time? It tells you how long you're on your phone each day, but it also tells you what categories you spend that time in, like social, Spotify, etc. Here's something I didn't know until today. It tells you how many times you pick up your phone. I picked up my phone 111 times on Saturday, and I think I'm probably on the low end of the spectrum. You should check that. It might blow your mind. Now, I don't think phones, social media, or video games are evil. 
but it does depend on what you're doing on these utilities. But there is no doubt they are a distraction. But what else distracts us from God? There are all these forms of pleasure. Everybody wants to feel good, but so many things are just a temporary form of pleasure. On top of those things I mentioned before, drinking and drugs, overeating, shopping, smoking, even working out, all these things can be used as substitutes for relationship with God. And we live in a nation where that is happening. And that can leave us feeling empty, alone, and disappointed. Maybe that's why there are more people who are depressed and medicated than ever before. How about money? We need money just to function in society. But when we chase it, acquire it, hoard it, or use it to just get more stuff, it can replace God. When we pursue money instead of relationships with other Christians or with God, money becomes your God. Like Luke 16.13 tells us, no one serves two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. How about attention? When we crave attention, let me rephrase that. When we crave positive attention, when we go after clicks and likes and approval for security, we can become addicted. We've all seen it. Most have probably done it at one time or another. We post things on Instagram that we want people to see. Only the good things, of course, because we want people to think our lives are all sunshine and rainbows and we're just having good times on the wreck. Maybe we change the way we act around family, friends, or coworkers. But when we choose attention over God, we end up living multiple lives. If you can never truly be yourself, you can never truly be happy. When your focus is on making people happy instead of God, Matthew 23, 5, everything is done for people to see. Control. We tend to want to take control of our own lives. But you know why we try to do that? It's out of fear and unbelief that God is going to help us through it. You ever heard that saying, let go and let God? That means if we trust God to guide us through any situation, we worry less because we believe when we follow his word, heed whatever he is saying to us, he will come through. Jeremiah 17.5 says, this is what the Lord says, cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. One example of this is politics. Many of us think if we elect the right president, everything will start getting better. And I hope that's true. Many think the current president has us hurtling toward World War III. I hope that's not true. Look, I believe if you're a Christian, you need to do your research and vote according to biblical principles and stay true to your beliefs. But if it doesn't turn out the way we think it should, we need to remember our trusting is in God above all else. So what can we 
as individuals do to affect a change. We need to identify what choices we are making instead of God. If you're like me, it's a combination of things on any given day. And sometimes I have to step back, take some quiet time, and hit the reset button. When you go through tough times, and eventually we all do, we have to resist the human urge to turn away from God and fix it ourselves and make the decision to walk with God. Almost every time I've tried to do it on my own, I've screwed it up. But whenever I've trusted in God, it always works out for the best. Now, I had some other things to address, but this topic went longer than I thought it would. But it's important. Thanks for joining me today. I hope your weekend has been a good one. This podcast is available on Apple and Spotify. Please smash that follow button and please share. I'd really appreciate it. Keep on keeping on. And remember to be kind to one another. God bless.